Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Low Mileage Running Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Olson, and I'm excited to share with you that last week I published my book, Low Mileage Running, A Short Guide to Running Faster, Injury-Free. And I'm going to be publishing this episode to my podcast, Paleo Runner, and also to my new podcast, Low Mileage Running, which will soon be available on iTunes and uh, Stitcher and everywhere else. And the low mileage running podcast is going to be focused more just on the training aspect of running. Uh, My other podcast, Paleo Runner, is primarily focused on nutrition with a little bit of training mixed in. And um, so anyways, I published my book last week. Uh, The second day it was out, it ended up number four in the running and jogging category on Amazon. So it's been selling quite well. Within a couple days, I recorded the audio book, and it says that it's on its way to retail, which means that within a few days, it will be on Audible, it will be on iTunes, and it will be on Amazon, available for download. And if you make that book, uh, Low Mileage Running, a short guide to running injury-free, if you sign up and make my book your first purchase with Audible, I get a small kickback, so I'd really appreciate if if you did that. Um, the book, the print, and it's out in print and Kindle. The Kindle is uh, $3. The print is 7 And the audio version should be somewhere around 10 And if you buy the, buy the print, you, get a, you can get the Kindle version for $1. Um, I believe if you buy the Kindle version, you can get a discount on the Audible version as well. Um, anyways, I wanted to share with you a few thoughts that I had today. Um, I, I'm also going to be sharing with you a interview that I did with my friends at Back of Back of the Pack Endurance podcast, and they asked me had me on their show last week to ask me a few questions about my book, and um, so I'm going to share that with you at the end of this. Um, one thing I wanted to share was a key concept from the book, uh, and that is listening to your body. And this is something that I always struggle with, but I know that I need to do it because it's kept me injury free and helps me get faster. And today, for example, I did not listen to my body. Uh, Usually Mondays are sort of like my weekend day because I work Thursday through Sunday, and I'm usually pretty tired on Mondays, so I never have great workouts, but I I had a lot of uh, pent-up energy. I wanted to get out there and run a quality workout this morning, so I woke up early uh, to get out before the sun uh, got too hot, and I, I was planning on doing a 12 to 15 mile quality run. And I was pretty much just exhausted, but I kept pushing and I kept pushing. And around seven miles, I I could not uh, maintain the pace that I wanted to any longer. So I just I just ended up quitting the workout, and I'm going to try again on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday and see how it goes. But my point is, I I know that I'm tired on Mondays. I'm always tired on Mondays. Why do I keep pushing myself to uh, try to do a quality workout on Mondays when I know I shouldn't? Listen to your body and because these quality workouts need to be at a pretty high level for you to get what you, uh, the adaptations that you want out of them. If you're just out there slogging away the miles like I was this morning, it's not really uh, doing the purpose that was meant for that run. So keep that in mind. Listen to your body. I know that I always perform better on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and so I need to make those days my quality workouts as I have in the past. Um, on your easy days when you're listening to your body and it, just get out there, get some exercise, get some sunshine. You can cross train, rest, go to the pool, whatever makes you feel energized and ready for another quality workout. So with that in mind, uh, 
Here's my interview with Back of the Pack Endurance. It's with Andrew Weaver and John Harris. I hope you like it. Thanks. I see the picture. Oh, I, I hear him. I think hey, he's how's in. it going, guys? Hey, Aaron, how you doing? Well, that I'm is doing a good. smooth, buttery voice. It is. <laughs> Thank you. That's well, a- I've been... Well, I have to tell you, Aaron, I've been listening to the voice most of the day. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How, what do you think so far? That's a good mic. I, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. It, it. Yeah, it was better because I know you're not doing it. Um, I guess we should introduce them, but I know you're not doing it like professionally. You're kind of doing it yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah, it came out very well. I bet much better than I expected it to be, actually. Oh, well, thanks a lot. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. What John just said is he had low expectations there, and how do you take that? <laughs> well, but well, you know, when nah, you self-publish and sure, self-do this no, stuff, don't. you don't know what kind of quality it's going to be. Well, and your podcast, when you had it, you you definitely didn't have as good a mic as what you're what I hear you on right now. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've upgraded recently. This is uh, ATR twenty one hundred. It, it was only around fifty bucks, but it it, it works. Seems oh wow! To be, do a uh, pretty good sound. That's cheaper than what John and I are player. using. Yeah. yeah. So, by the way. I just saw Skype told me, uh, happy birthday? Uh, it's coming up in September. September? <laughs> Why did Skype tell me it was your birthday? No, I don't know. I might have that. I, I'm not sure. I'll have to check that out. Now, right. when, is, when is September is your birthday? Uh, September 4th. Ah, mine's September 2nd. Oh, nice. Yeah, very close. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to harass you for agreeing to podcast on the night of your birthday. So you should be out. You're young. You should be out partying. Then I remembered, no, wait, you have a baby. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You, you, were, you were one of the early guests on our show, and I think you were just about to become a father. So yeah. you must have a little squiggly one now. How's that, how's that part of your life treating you? It's, it's great. You know, it's, it's a lot more uh, work than I thought it was going to be, but it's a lot of fun. It always is, man. It's always a lot of more work than people think it's going to be. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, but she's a year uh, and a half now, and uh, you know, she just it. That's one of my favorite things to do now is just spend time with her. You know, go to the park and you know, blow bubbles or whatever. It's it's just <laughs> a lot of fun. Do you ever the see best, the? Go ahead, John. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. The best thing about having kids is just you get to be one again. Yeah, I, I, that's what my favorite part about it was. It's like oh, I get to play with toys again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aaron, did you ever see the movie Knocked Up? Yeah, I did. <laughs> There's a great line toward the end where, or maybe uh, where where it is, but the guy uh, they're watching the kids play in the backyard, and one says, "You know, I will. Ne- I am never in my life ex- as excited about anything as that kid is right now about bubbles." <laughs> that's right. That's so true. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the first things she says when she wakes up is bubbles, bubbles. She's a year and a half now. Aww. That's adorable. And it just and it, it just it just shows you how long we've been like in social media and in contact with each other and all this because you didn't have kids when we first met you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so, um and like Andy said, you were on actually back on the old show, Iron Man Year One, on episode four. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> so I looked it up, I found it. And I'm going to link it in the show notes. So if people want to listen to that old one, they we, can go back and we changed the name, but we kept numbering it so that this is like we're well into the 80s. John, what, what episode is yeah, this anyway? This is episode 87. 87. Yeah. All right. Last week we 86 something. That's right. That's right. Wow, yeah. 87. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, so. folks, our guest is Aaron Olson, father of one, lover of bubbles. 
but we have uh, we have him on for a very specific topic tonight because he has a new book in print and in e-print, and we're going to talk to him about that tonight. So, so there uh, it is. Yeah. So the name of the book is like no low mileage running: a short guide to earning fast, faster, injury free. And Aaron, I don't know if you listened to the show, but we've brought this up many times, and I've gotten to a number of discussions online about subject okay um because i am i am a believer in this so it's good to see someone that's not built like andy and i also touting it for one thing and uh but you know the reason i believe it is because my body just can't hack it yeah you know i have you know like you know i I, you know i have psoriatic arthritis and my body just won't do it right so i've almost had to do this but much like you write about it's like when you started doing it you got faster yeah, and when you didn't even think you could get faster by doing this, and I've seen the same thing. I've gotten better by actually backing off. Oh, that's fantastic yeah. to hear. Yeah, so so I'm a big believer in this. I and I know there's people out there listening to this right now that are saying, "Oh my God," you know, <laughs> you're, you know, but but well, um, I, go ahead. I have some actual questions. I've written down, believe it or okay. not. <laughs> John, just I finally get. Oh my god! I finally get prepared yeah. right before we go on break. Yeah. Aaron, we're we're gonna take a after your episode is gonna be listened to over and over by people who are gonna be jonesing for back and pack endurance podcast because we're gonna take a hiatus because I'm in a, a show. Oh okay. So I'm and I'm the lead in the show and I need all my weeknights right now. So oh wow, congrats uh, on that. Well, thank you, and it came out of the total uh, totally out of the blue. So, um, what was my, I had a what, third question. What okay. show is that? I, you know, I do listen to the podcast, but, uh, not, uh, you know, I catch it here and there. I, I heard the one with Jeff Galloway and I've heard some of your other ones, but I don't mm. always have time to listen the, to podcasts as much as I used sure. to. It goes for the big stars. I get it. <laughs> um, I'm in, I'm, I'm playing King Arthur and spam a lot. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if you listen to this show, there'll be a lot of talk about it at the beginning. <laughs> A lot. It's the whole thing. So if you if you like tweet it out to your uh, um, your your listeners and and uh, folks for your book, say hey, I'm on this podcast. I will not be offended if you say um, my my part comes in at about. Let me look here. Hmm. It's probably about forty five or forty six. Uh, right? Well past forty five minute mark. Yeah, yeah. Not forty five okay. minute mark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we're just talking like we do with back and pack. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Oh, I know what my third question was. So let's let's, if I may, mm-hmm. um, what constitutes low mileage, and how relative is that? Well, that's that's a great question because you know I guess the title of the book of the book it is kind of arbitrary low mileage running. What does that actually mean? And for me, as a a high school uh, runner who who was near the front of the pack quite often, and then I ran a year in college, uh, everyone was sort of expected to at least run. 50 miles a week. And, and if you didn't do that, then you weren't really training. And so I kind of always had that stuck in my head that I, I've got to at least do a minimum of say 50 miles and 60 or 70 is, would be even better. And I found that my body just isn't built that way. It doesn't handle that kind of stress and it, I broke down frequently. So, uh, low mileage for me, uh, it usually ends up being around 25 miles a week. And some weeks will will end up being you know in the thirty low thirties, some more in the you know fifteen to twenty, 
but around that 25 mile range. And, and what I've found through really just kind of throwing out that idea that I need to hit a certain amount of mileage, uh, you know, I, a lot of runners are kind of OCD and I, I was one of them who I had to hit a certain mileage every week. Mm-hmm. And, and what that did was just wear my body out r- rather than build me up. And so I, I really don't even, I don't focus on the mileage that much. So I look on Strava just to get an average, kind of get an average of what I've been doing just for fun. But I really focus on the key workouts or the quality workouts. And I, I do one to two of those a week and I really focus on hitting those hard and, uh, uh, kind of comparing my times, uh, from week to week or from even from year to year. And, and really, I, I don't look at my overall mileage that much except for just now and then. Now, I know there are people still picking themselves up off the floor right now who are saying 25 miles is a low week. Oh. Um, so for, you know, so how do you, how do you translate that? So you're, you're, you're a competitive runner. I mean, you, you, it, I read, I, I wasn't able to read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I, I started, you know, skimming, skimming the book and you were citing examples of like your times that have dropped and, and this kind of thing. And, and you're, you're, very, you know, you're a very competitive runner. You, you were setting a course record and had a PR, you know, um, um, for, for your 5k that you just won and things like that, you know, being backpack folks. Uh, for whom a 25 mile week might be the longest week somebody ran, but how would you train? You know, how do they translate the same kind of principles you're promoting for somebody who's maybe starting out? Where, you know, a 12 mile week is a really you know good week. Yeah, you know that's a really good point. And um, before I started writing the book, I was coaching uh, through my website and blog, and uh, I would I had a uh, five different people that I was coaching and they were all, well, there was a couple guys who were, uh, more towards the front of the pack and then three guys who were more back of the pack guys. And I guess I sort of used, well, I didn't sort of, I used the same principles with the guys who were just starting out. There was one guy who had never run before and he wanted to finish a 5k with his wife and daughter. And for him, I used the same principles in that, um, we focused on, one to two days a week of really quality workouts. And for him, that meant two to three miles of, say, some interval running or maybe going out for a two-mile time trial um, and uh, recording the time and getting back to me on that. And then the other days were just cross-training, going for a walk, maybe going for a 20-minute jog. And so his overall mileage was probably somewhere in the 10, 10 to 15 miles per week um, actually probably closer to 10. So I think it can work for people who are, you know, who really maybe don't have time or for whatever reason, they, they just, their, their body can't even handle 25 miles a week. The principle Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to get across is to just find the amount, the really find the minimum amount that you can do and, and do that and, and hit it hard once or twice a week and then allow your body to recover and you'll get stronger. And so I think it can work for, you know, a lot of different people of different levels, you know, 25 miles a week. That's what, you know, less, I think that's, yeah, that's less than four miles a day. So for me, that seems easy, but you know, if, if you're just starting out five to 10 miles a week is a fine place to start and do the minimum that you think you can do and and just build from there. That's what I'm trying to put forth with this book is that this is just a starting point. 
If you eventually find that you need to add more mileage later, that's fine. But just don't hurt yourself. Make slow, steady progressions and and start small. And if you need to add more later, that's fine. Yeah, I like how you said that, actually, Aaron, because, um, you know, I come from a, you know, athletics in high school and, and through the military and stuff. And, and you're right. It was always about push, 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 you know, to the point, uh, you know, that and it, it, once it gets in your head, even back then when you're 16, 17, and now I'm in my, you know, was in my 40s when I started and now going to be 52, it's still in my head mm-hmm. that that I have to push, 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 push. And um, um, my coach is uh, Megan Fanning, you know, and she's always saying, you know, she's actually had me back off. She's the one that's made me kind of my first triathlon coach was another one that's kept saying, well, it doesn't matter if you're tired. doesn't matter if you feel like you're hurt, get out there, go do it, you know, mm-hmm. push through it and, um, you know, do the miles, do the miles, do the miles. And, and Megan is more, well, go do 45 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. try to push to the point where it's a little uncomfortable, but don't talk to the point that you're going to get hurt. And if it starts hurting, stop, you know, <laughs> so it's a very different kind of coaching for me. But it's it's working, yeah. You know, I feel I don't feel like I'm hurt all the time. And uh, for a while there, you know, I was getting burned out on doing races at all, or doing this training at all because I just felt like I was always hurt. And um, so, like I said, I'm I'm glad that. Um, and you did talk about you talked about the the quality workouts and that your favorite quality workout is the time trial. Mm-hmm. And that's what she's starting. She's starting to like throw at me now. Is these time trials now? <laughs> help, 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 help me out for the, some other listeners that might not know, because I'm used to the terminology of speed work and intervals, and I I kind of interchange them in my head. And I was going to ask you, like, is this just basically a, a a really well thought out case for speed work? Because I've even heard people say a large people should not try speed work, and everything should be zone two. Um, comparing like what kind of, um, I guess, terminology people are used to. Um, are you seeing anything different than that? What's a time trial precisely? Yeah. I know what that means in terms of starts for triathlon, but if I said I was going to go run a two, does that mean run as hard as I can for two miles to see what my fastest time is? Yeah. I mean, basically that's what it is. And, and this is basically just started off of what worked for me. And so that's kind of what I wrote about in this short book is just what worked for me and maybe it can work for other people too. It's, it's not a one size uh, fits all. It's, you know, Hey, here's some things that worked well for me and try it out. And basically I love running time trials, which means just, Hey, I I'm feeling good today. I have a three mile loop that I like to run through uh, at around a park near my house. It's, it's a wooded area and I'm going to go and see how fast I can run that hilly three mile loop. And that's a time mm-hmm. trial. And I, I can look back on my, uh, my Strava or Garmin and see over the years how that time trial has progressed and, or different times of the year, uh, I can compare my times. And so it's, it's basically, yeah, just hitting it hard once a week and, and doing like a solo race almost. Um, yeah, as a, as a data geek, I love that kind of that idea because I have a four mile loop that's that's close to my house and that's I was doing that without even knowing what I was doing because I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna compare these four miles all the time Mm -hmm. because I know it's the same course all the time and see how if I'm getting faster if I'm getting slower if I if I ate this kind of breakfast did it affect my run that night 
mm-hmm. or, you know, things like that. And I would do that naturally. So it's, it, you know, not without knowing there was a time, you know, there was a phrase for it or anything like that. So let me but, give you a profile then. So I'll give you my own profile. Mm-hmm. Um, not right now, but I can say this is, this was the kind of runner I was quite a long time. So, uh, a new runner, um, heavier, slower, very slow runner, um, who has one speed, mm-hmm. whether it's a half marathon, uh, the end of a half Ironman or a, a 5k, uh, or a training run, pretty much the same speed, probably zone two, um, maybe push a little harder in a race, but, but not typically, and, and a mileage junkie because the, the feeling of achievement of the volume seemed to mean a lot early in, in the running life. Uh, switching over to, to something more like what you'd recommend, what do I got to get over? What do I got what, what to lock into to, to, uh, to, to change mentalities? Because I'm not a guy who's used to sprinting. Mm-hmm. But you know, all, I, I've, everything I've seen tells me that's the only way I'm going to make changes in my body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you say when you talk about different zones, I mean, a, a zone two for someone who's bigger and slower, it it could be almost a walk. I mean, it's it's all yeah. relative to where you're at. And so, if if you're with someone that you just described, um, I would recommend and taking one to two days a week and having either intervals or or some sort of time trial that you can compare every week or every couple weeks and say, okay, how am I doing on that? Even if you have to walk part of it, or if walking is a high intensity, that's perfectly fine. But I bet if you uh, keep doing that course one week and then come back to it a couple weeks later, you might be tempted to try to best yourself and best your previous time. And mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a big part of this is just, hey, what did I run this course in two weeks ago? Okay, I'm going to try to it's do almost it like, 30 seconds faster or something like yeah, that. Yeah, almost like creating an internal competition with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and the good thing about the, you know, I, I don't think Andy has the new Garmin, but the new Garmin is that you can actually set your watch to do that. Yeah. That's, say, okay, I'm going to race against myself. This is what I'm going to try to beat. And your watch will track it. Yeah, I've see seen that feature. Have you used that yet? Yeah. I, I have not, and I'm going to – well, I want to try um, – If this is more – this is kind of speed work, but it's more intervals, I guess, is um, we have a track. We, we joined the National Training Center, which is the uh, USAT's home in Claremont, Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, um, not USAT, but um, it's one of the triathlon groups. But uh, they have a track out there, and I want to try to do like 100 to 200-meter sprints and then jog back and then do the sprint and then jog back. I kind of do that kind of thing for a mm-hmm. while. I know Megan's trying to get me to um, to get like a tire or a sled to mm-hmm. do some pulling. Um, I come from a sprinting background, so I think my biggest issue is that I try. That's what I try to do all the time. Okay, you know, okay. It's just, it's just, and I think my body's just built. Well, it's not built like that now, but I think my muscle fibers are built like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just it's still in there. No wonder and, you. Uh, no wonder you hate slow twitch. You're a fast twitch guy. I'm a fast twitch guy, yeah. But then you brought up a you brought up a good point, Andy. Is that um you know we we've heard from other podcasts and and uh, uh you know other people you know and, and stuff forever that zone two is the way to go for heavy guys and that's the way you lose weight because you get fat adapted, your body starts burning fat more, you lose the fat, you get thinner. Mm. But now, but now recently, 
all these studies are coming out saying, no, the way to lose weight is to do intervals and speed work. That's what's going to get the weight off of you. Not the long, slow zone two runs. Well, look, I mean, I I don't even think that's necessarily recent conventional wisdom. Well, if you look at like a marathon runner versus Usain Bolt, I'd rather be built like Usain Bolt. Right, exactly. You know, right. I mean, as far as leanness, and <laughs> yeah. they're both lean, but I don't, muscular, yeah, the muscular, and you know, you know, um, what was I? I just had a thought, and then I, I well, for, I, for for just like I guess for just generating that weight loss to kick in weight loss, we've been we've been told for a while that zone two, zone two, zone two, zone two, yeah, and uh, and it, you know, I guess recently I'm coming to this epiphany that maybe that's why I haven't been able to lose weight mm-hmm. because that's all I've been doing. And, um, right. And yeah. the body's adaptive and will, will be very right. efficient. And right. so the, the, the theory behind something like CrossFit, uh, or, you know, anything that uses sudden explosive movements or, you yeah. know, whether it's weight or, or sprinting is that you, your body's not adjusting in that short term and you're, you know, I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Any movement's good, but but yeah, it just seems that what you what you're describing, Aaron, is 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 working out smarter, not harder necessarily. Yeah. Um, but but what would be then what what are some um you said quality workouts. So can you can you define what are some hallmarks of a quality workout? Um how do I feel after I'm done? Is that is that it or what what would you say? Yeah, well, you know, the guidelines for a quality workout is really to sort of maximize whatever adaptations you're looking for for your upcoming race. So let's say you're training for the half marathon. Well, that's going to require some uh, extreme, not extreme, but some good endurance work, which would be somewhere like a 8 to 10 mile uh, tempo run or time trial. Or maybe another another quality workout that I have for the half marathon is 7 to 10 by 1 mile with a 1 minute rest. Now that I guess that is when when you're talking to people who haven't been running much, that can sound like a lot. But what you could start with is uh, three by one mile with a one minute walk break in between each mile, and gradually work your way up to that seven to ten by a mile. So, mm-hmm. um, and if you're training for the five k, a classic workout for the five k is to split up the five k into half mile segments. So you've got uh, what six half mile segments in a 5K. So you run at at what you would like to run for that 5K, like a goal pace for a half mile. Then you take a one to two minute walk break, and then you say, okay, I'm going to run another half mile at my goal pace. And you slowly start breaking up the the race into segments, and that really trains your brain and your body how to accept you know those higher levels of fatigue, those higher uh, velocities of speed that you're running. And so forth, and I think that's that's the main uh, idea with intervals, and then time trials can kind of help put everything together and kind of uh, cement in your mind, hey, th- I can actually run pretty close to this pace that I've been doing these intervals at, and so it can give you a lot of confidence. Yeah, I was talking to uh, another part of the book I liked and I found really interesting. I was talking to. Um, our buddy Tom Barbieri on his podcast, actually. Uh, and I was explaining how, um, let's see if the best way to explain this, but I was explaining how like during a race that even though I know I should be faster, it's almost like um, I can't. Mm. It's like my brain is not letting me go faster. 
And, um, and, and then in the book, you talk about the central governor, mm-hmm. which I found really interesting. Hello, governor. Sorry. I knew that was from coming. last night. You knew it. Hello, governor. <laughs> but, but that's almost when I was reading about it, it's like, okay, that's what it is. That's, it's my brain telling me, well, and, you know, Megan says, I don't know what it is. It's fear. You're, you're scared of getting hurt. You're scared of bubble, you know. Mm. And, but that's what my brain's Fear doing. My brain is saying, "Dark side." <laughs> I'm sorry. This break is going to uh, be so neat. <laughs> but um, the uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, you were making a legitimate um, point about your central governor and fear, and your brain shutting. Yeah, up. but my it feels like that's exactly what it is. Is that my brain is telling me not to go faster? You're going to get hurt. Not to do this, and I'm having a hard time busting through that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so I found that part of the book like really interesting. And uh, I was actually just listening to it on the way home. It was that part. I was to that part on the, on the, uh, the audio. Okay. Uh, so what I need to do and it, exactly what you said and they get to said it to me as well is that during training, when I feel that feeling is that's when I need to start pushing through it, I, pushing yeah. to break through that. Yeah. To I totally kind of agree. teaching my brain totally to accept agree. that fatigue. Yeah. And um yeah, there's there's something in my brain that's just not letting me push <laughs> through this fatigue. Yeah. Well, well, I think running is huge is a huge mind game. I mean, for for me at least it is, and I, I've I know other people it is as well. And it just that's that's one of the reasons that I love these quality workouts. And and if you you can't do them too often though, be, you know, one to two times a week is gonna be plenty Mm -hmm. Uh, if you try to do if if you try to do these every day or three or four times a week you're going to wear yourself out but you want to specifically try to you know go to the well and you know really push it once or twice a week and and really push your body over that level and and see what it's like to experience a little bit more pain not not pain in a bad way but the fatigue that comes with it and uh, see what that's like and sort of sort of dabble towards the extremes and then really come back and recover so let's say somebody like myself who's been away from running for far too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get back into it, but I don't want to just run. Uh, well, there's my other question. You know, we used to say, are, is there any such thing as junk miles? And, you know, the school of thought among folks like us has tended to be all miles count for, you know, conditioning and health. But I guess I, I won't put words in your mouth, but are you, are you saying there kind of are junk miles? Yeah, I guess I am kind of saying that. Now, I have to say it with the caveat that I think running or doing some form of exercise every day is good and healthy. It it helps it helps my mood. It, it helps reset your circadian rhythm and get uh, you know your day and night cycles and things like that. But just going out there to just run say for 60 or 90 minutes with no real purpose, you don't have anything any specific pace in mind or anything like that. I think that sort of stuff is more classified in my mind as junk miles because I'm not sure what it's really doing. It beats you up a little bit. It makes you sore. But is it really helping you race faster? That's that's what I started to question. And when I pulled back on those you know, so-called junk miles and just kind of listened to my body and ran more what I felt like doing, on my, on my mm-hmm. recovery or easy days, I'd just go out for a 20-minute jog and I thought, you know I've had so many injuries in the past. I'm I'm going to basically scale back on those junk miles and see what can happen. 
And for me, so it's it the, worked good. So it's the 80-20 rule, as you talked about, too. Exactly. And, and you know, coming from a business, you know, that's where I work. I mean, we use the 80-20 rule all the time, you know, that 80% of your results come from 20% of your training. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, so so that's what you're talking about right there. You're talking about like, you know, stop worrying about this 80% that's not doing anything for you and focus <laughs> on that 20% that does something, you know. And so, yeah, I, I, well, I'm going to take my example even more specific then, if I may, uh, try to pull out some free coaching here uh, and maybe I'll end up uh, getting somebody to write me a plan. But all right. So I, I am still intending to do this event in October. Um, it's the runner's world challenge or it's a half marathon Sunday, a 5k and a 10k on Saturday. And because I'm an idiot, I signed up for the trail run, which I think I'm just going to walk. I mean, it's going to hike that just to put the mileage in. But, uh, so I'm looking at doing some, some big mileage all in the same weekend. I want to survive it, but I, I, you know, I, my running has been very little and sporadic since, uh, March when I did a half marathon and, and I had knee surgery. And so, you know, I've got all these reasons and blah, 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 but now I want to get back into it. I should not just say, okay, eight miles this week, however I get them. <laughs> no. Eight miles, however I get them. Would it do me much better to, if I can only sprint a quarter mile, to go out and sprint that quarter mile tomorrow, and that's that day's workout, and maybe next week I can sprint half a mile? Is, is, I mean, am I reading well, you right? Well, in, in that case, I mean, you, it sounds like now that I'm hearing more of the backstory, I mean, you've, you've had a knee surgery and you haven't been running for uh, a while. So in that case, I would say just get to, get to the point where you can run comfortably, say, for 30 minutes, two to three times a week. And once you get okay. to that point, then, then uh, you know, talk about adding in some more higher quality work. But I want, I'd want to make sure that your knee is functioning uh, well, that you don't have any pain. You know, I talked about pushing through pain, but the type of pain I'm talking about is is really more fatigue. If you if you're feeling sure. a sharp stabbing pain, that's not something you want to push through. Right, right. right. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely on 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 board with just kind of getting out there and seeing how you're feeling before adding the quality. But okay. then but then once you do start to feel good, take one of those 30-minute runs, turn it into a a 10 or 15-minute run and just say, I'm going to I'm going to see what I can do for how far can I get in 10 minutes. And then do that once a week. Come back the next week. Can I go a little bit farther in ten minutes? So it's it's kind of that approach. I kind of like that actually. Yeah, that, I like. That sounds I like pretty that. cool. And where I live, I mean, it's very hilly, but I can see myself like, okay, I'm going to run hard for ten minutes and then walk home, and then okay, then that, then maybe I can get to that next pole next time in ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I didn't think you'd have me all out trying to tear up my knee in a sprint right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I think I think that's a model I might I might just uh, might just have to use here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love yeah. to see the results. And you know, I mean, this is something. Some people, I guess, if you're a diehard runner and you're listening to this, and you might be thinking, "Well, this is crazy." But even people like Jeff Galloway, who you guys talk to, he's he's taken kind of a a uh, more, I guess, lower mileage approach. I, I've read his books, and he's always talking about scaling back. And I think he has on a lot of his programs running two to four days a week. So it's not it's not quite as radical as as maybe some people have you know commented on my blog. You know, this will never work for me, or 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 whatnot. Because as people get older, I think that they realize that how much uh, you know they can't handle as much on their body as they they could when they were young. Well, I, I, I take those comments like this, Aaron, is that it seems to me 
because when I've brought it up before, and, and my thing was always, where does it say you have to run 26.2 miles to prepare for a marathon? Mm-hmm. You know, as you're long run. I've just never gotten that concept. And I was just going to say, you know, I know that the scale makes things different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't mean the scale like poundage. I mean the scale of the the distance. Um, But, you know, for, you know, look at, look at what ultra runners do. All right. So if somebody's going to prepare for a hundred mile run, it's not like two weeks before they have to do an 85 mile long run. Mm-hmm. And if you were to do things proportionally at ultra level that we assume we have to do for a half or a full marathon and focusing on mileage as, as, as the, uh, as the indicator, well, how would ultra runners ever do a hundred miler? Right. Uh, right. Because they can't be out every week before that building up. Now I do 70. Now I do 75. Now I do 80. Now I do 85. That just does not happen. And so the, the minimal, you know, mileage, can work for them. It's relatively minimal. I mean, they're still putting in probably seventy mile weeks, but but they're but, but not you know, uh, one run. So why can't a marathoner? Why does a marathoner have to do big big run after big big run? Right. Exactly. But I think what I was right. What I was going to say is that you know when the people make these comments, it's almost like it's almost like when you tell people that that bread is bad for you. Well, I, I can't give up bread. You know, so they're just not going to do it, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, uh, and I, and I take some of these comments like that. It's like, well, you know, studies show that you don't really need to run the distance of the race to be, to prepare for the race. And people just don't want to believe that, Yeah, you know, because that's not how they were taught. It's not how, what makes them comfortable. Um, you know, I hate keeping bringing Megan up, but, um, but I think her coach recently, she just ran a 24 hour race last weekend. Oh yeah. By the way, we should give a shout out. Congratulations. Yeah. Megan, on nice, nice job. Race. Yeah. And, but she was only, they, her coach pulled her back to like 35 miles a week mm-hmm. and she's, and she is an ultra runner. Mm-hmm. So, and she, and, and she shared with me that, you know, she was having struggling with that concept as well, but it worked. And you're not just referring <laughs> to her taper, right? Right. No, they, I think like people know the total. taper, traditional no. taper time. It was she her, her prior to that. Like, and Megan, if I'm, you know, misspeaking, please, you know, correct me. But, um, I'm pretty sure that's what she said is that they had her on 35 miles a week. Mm-hmm. Of total running, mm-hmm. and you know, which totally went against her grain. I'm sure, as as a long distance runner like she is, but it worked, right? You know, and um, and she finished that run. She did 24 hours. You know, wow. so um, I, it's almost like some people even you can throw as many examples and as many studies at them. If they don't want to believe something, they're just not going to believe it. You know, and there's just runners out there that just will not believe that you. You don't have to run 50 to 100 miles a week to be prepared. And uh, you know, I tell you, preparing for a marathon, if I had to run a long run of 26 miles, I'd be down for two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, because my, I, that's how, with, not only with the, the psoriatic arthritis, but with just being my age, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I was finding is that I was going out and doing these, uh, like, training runs of 12, you know, 11, 12 miles for a half marathon on a Sunday, and I couldn't run again all week. Mm-hmm. So I was losing a whole week of training. Right. right. So I, it never made much sense to me. It made more sense. Why couldn't I just do five miles on Sunday and five miles again on Wednesday? That, you know, or something like that. <laughs> that reminds me, John, we forgot to give a shout out to the recovery machine himself. Iron Cowboy made it to day oh, 50. Yeah. Yes, he did. He made it to day 50, and the Utah event looked really spectacular, and congratulations. Yeah. And Did uh, you know about the Iron Cowboy, Aaron? No. 
he did a uh, fifty states, fifty Ironman distances race, not races, but you know, um, fifty Sim- Ironman simulation. I guess you could call it. simulations. Fifty states in fifty days. Wow, you know, I think yeah. I, I think I did come across that on Facebook. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and it will finish. <laughs> and he now, yeah, I mean, it won't be a world record certified because of uh, day nineteen. Right. Um, but even so, like somebody pointed out in one of the argument threads on slow twitch. Okay. So that's like 0.37% of the effort of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to give him credit for an amazing event. It's still um, outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unreal. Um, so congratulations, James. I'm yeah. glad we had you on the show. I'm glad you interviewed your kids on the show and our buddies all over the country who have gone and run or biked with you and, uh, quite, quite the, uh, quite the achievement. Yes. In fact, I think I put him on the intro to the show today. Oh, oh, good. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, so where were we? We were talking about recovery, though, for mere mortals who are not the Iron Cowboy. Um, and John, you, you know, I, I definitely can relate to those. The pounding of the longer runs sets me back longer than it should. Right, and, and it, you never know, made, I, I it never made. I have much pants. sense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You bought those recovery boots. I brought those pants. Um, so it should be. Um, um, but it never made much sense to me. And I think you mentioned one time, does it one in the book, maybe, or maybe I read somewhere else that would you should you run 10 miles and rest nine days or one mile a day for 10 days or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So well, what is it, what is the answer to that? It's a weird. I mean, is that just a false <laughs> choice? Is that like two extremes? Well, I tell you, yeah. If I ran 10 miles, I'll be down for 10, nine days. That would be. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, so. I think that the, part of the book is that you have to really listen to your body. I mean, that's that's really the whole mm-hmm. ap- approach to this is that you've got to you can't just have a rigid protocol and just and just go out and just follow it. I, I used to do that even in pacing for different races. This pace calculator says I can run this because my 5K was such and such. So, yeah, so dang it. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go out at that pace and then I just crash and burn and. You know, over time, you've got to learn to listen to your body and just really get in tune with it. And if you're finding that run, doing those long runs are just beating you up, you you got to cut them out. I, I talked to one guy, uh, his name is Jeff Ford on my podcast, Paleo Runner, and he only runs 13 miles for training for a marathon. That's the max distance he'll ever go, and that's like three three weeks I've, before I've the been race. Told that by, I've been told that by other people, mm-hmm. that just do 13 to 15 miles should be your long run. See, when I when I use those pace calculators, yeah, uh, they don't work because I enter my 5K time and it said, no, dude, your 5K time, not your 10K time. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that is my 5K. Like, are, are you using different units? Uh, are you not metric? <laughs> it, well, doesn't wanna, at, it doesn't well, acknowledge my 5K time. I will okay. tell you, I'm, I'm looking at the race predictor on my Garmin 920 right now, mm-hmm. and it says my 5K time should be Thirty-one thirty-seven. I have not run a five k in thirty-one thirty-seven in probably five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's looking at it bases this on your heart rate, I guess your um, your VO two max that it figures out. You know, which is not really VO two max. Wait a minute, I was going to say your watch figures out a VO two max. Well, it's doing it by your heart rate and your perceived effort and stuff like that. This it's watch that you this watch that you remind everybody I don't have yet. <laughs> yeah. Should we get a sponsor here? I want this watch. You want this watch? I just well, you found know what? my. Did you, just, you see that? Did you see? I don't know if you saw it. No. Here, do you use the nine twenty? You're just yeah, a, you're a I runner do. only, right? Yep, nine twenty. Oh, okay. 
Did you see that it? Um, they just came out with an update that it swims that it swims with your heart right now. Oh, that's pretty cool. No, it yeah. What? Oh, and, you know, um, heart rate monitor it, in the water. You it has a special heart rate monitor that you can get either a swim only one or a triathlon one that you can wear all the time, and it'll pick up what it does is it records your heart rate while it's in the water, and then when you're out of the water, it uploads it. So so yeah, it just came out. There's a special heart monitor. Oh wait, that you have so. To get. Oh, so it doesn't meaning like while you're in the water, it's not making a good transfer of data, but it can't transfer then, but it's while it's you're recording water, it it's and recording. holding it. Oh, and so I, it's just, that you know, that's never been available before. I just thought that it just came out a couple of days ago. So yeah, well, I went on to, when I went on to Amazon to see how much one of those straps were and they're out of stock already. Uh, 129.99. Oh, that's for, just for the, oh, you gotta be kidding me for the, for the triathlon version. Well, because yeah. the 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 watch itself, I just looked up is a 450 watch, yeah, five hundred dollar oh, watch. Yeah, dude, I wouldn't buy a five hundred dollar watch <laughs> if it was a regular watch like jewelry. <laughs> All right, but I ha- I had to have it, man. I'm sure. <laughs> but all right, um, actually, I really wanted one now. I really. <laughs> Maybe by the, t- by the time I come back from hiatus, I'll have the 920. I'll be sprinting. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. Prede- there, you know what, John? We should say, Lis- listeners, message John since nobody ever messages me. Well, Megan, you do, but um, uh, she's the third member of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, message John your predictions about Andy during hiatus and assume hiatus goes up through the show. So like, we're looking like six weeks. Yeah. Am I going to be running? Am I going to have any weight loss? Am I going to be eating right? You, you, you know, I won't take it personally. Just, just, I think, I think you may lose your, weight. Your predictions go to John since you all talk to him. <laughs> I think you may lose weight. Okay. I, right now because, I feel like because you will be active. You will be in the show and, You'll be dancing and then yeah, you well, will be I'm, active. I'm, I'm barely dancing, John. Yeah, but you're at, but you're active. You yeah, know? but we well, it's not the motion, man. It's the if if I can't lose it from running a bunch of miles, I'm not gonna run it from a show. Well, you're but, gonna eat, but, have to eat right, yeah. Right. And being in a show used to mean hanging out way late at night and having something to drink, which meant having a bunch of snacks. So that's what I really gotta watch is, is yeah, you gotta watch the snacks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, let's get Aaron back on the show. Uh, our <laughs> guest. But yeah, please message your predictions of the effect of Andy's podcast hiatus on his actual health. And John, <laughs> if if I'm bet healthier at the end of this hiatus, that might have to mean the end of the show. That's right. It might that mean, might mean it was the podcast. It was, <laughs> it was the show that was holding you back. It was the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Anyway. Well, and Aaron, you you pulled away from podcasting for the purpose of writing. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, writing, coaching, and podcasting. I just and then raising my daughter. Uh, you know, it was just getting to be a little bit too much, and so yeah, I had to pull back on something, and and the podcasts went. And uh, but you know, I I'm I may pick it up again. I I don't. I hope I I hope I do. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was always a good show, and you know what? I noticed it wasn't there, but I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just, people stop after a while, but, uh, I just, yeah. I just figured baby, you know? Yeah. yeah I figured you know, your life gets in the way, you know, other shows have like, you know, dropped off now, for a while and they come back. Now, and, now John, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say life gets in the way. Priority, but, uh, but, uh, priority I, shift. I, yeah. a, a baby's not in the way. The baby is. <laughs> but, uh, what am I life? <laughs> what, what was That's our modern family? 
Oh, family. And he goes, <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. He points at glory. He goes, you know, life got in the way. She goes, well, you pointed at me for what am I life? Oh, right. right, right. <laughs> um, all right. So h- how much money Python do you know, Aaron? Uh, <laughs> no, no, not much. Not much. All right. Start with, uh, start with the lumberjack sketch and go from there. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, do we have anything more to cover in the book, sir? How do people get this book if they would love to hear more? Because it is, it's not, it's more detail for you. I, I we do want to encourage people to check out the book, to buy the book, but mm-hmm. it's not like some giant tome. A lot of times when you get into um, running books, there's like you know big giant detailed plans, and you're trying to figure out which one to use. It's it's very readable and translatable, um, but still, and it's, a, and it's at a very good price on Amazon. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well thank you for that. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's I have it priced for two ninety nine. It's on Amazon. It takes about uh, thirty to forty minutes to read, and mm-hmm. I just finished recording the audio book, so that's going to be on Audible. It'll be on um, iTunes and I think Amazon as well. So that's going to be mm-hmm. uh, under ten dollars. And if you buy the print book, you get a discount on the the Kindle version as well. So check that out. And um, it's just uh, it's just one guy's story how it worked and and uh, if you're doing something that you already like you, and it's working for you stick with that but if you're looking for something different check out this book and you might find something useful and you're still writing at uh, paleorunner dot um, is it org yeah paleorunner dot org I've still yeah. I'm still writing there I've got a new blog to support the book called low mileage dot com so if you want to yeah. get on the email list there and you'll get updates I'm. I'm thinking about possibly starting a podcast to support low mileage running and uh, oh, that'd see be great. how that goes. That, yeah, that might be that might be workable. Well, I would like to I would really be especially interested in that show if what you can do is get case studies on of people who yeah. actually have employed it and say I went from running this to running this and here's my stats so you you would have kind of like the model you're saying here's what worked for me and here's my kind of mileage um and then get somebody else you know, Here's maybe what somebody else did, you know, and yeah, yeah Andrew, like Andrew, maybe we could, get, we could get you on there. There you, you do go. Some, uh, planning of your schedule and, and do yeah, it before that, and after that could yeah. be very possible. Good idea. Yeah. So great. Say the name of it one more time. Low mileage running. What's the subtitle? Low mileage running, a short guide to running faster, injury free. And just, uh, type in Aaron Olson on Amazon or type in low mileage running on Amazon and it'll be the first thing to pop up. Yep. Okay. Any chance you remember our sign off? It was it was a long time ago. We do it's a tri, ostensibly a triathlon show. So John says swim calm. I say bike strong, and then we ask our guest to say run steady. Yep. Which works this time. It works very well this time. <laughs> except this once, is- except once a week you should sprint. You should say that. <laughs> so like run steady, but once a week hammer it or something like that. <laughs> cool. I can do that. Yeah. All right. Cool. All, All right. right. Well, once again, we want to thank our guest, Aaron Olson. Give a great big hug to that little bubble-loving baby you've got (laughs) for all of us. I will see all of you after hiatus or possibly pop in in the middle, and I'll still be on Facebook and commenting on the the group and all that kind of thing. But, yep, you're going to have a different show for a few weeks, and you'll like it. I hope so. So for all of us at Backpack Endurance, we are now signing off saying, Swim calm. Bike strong. Run steady, except run once a week, sprint. <laughs> <laughs>